hi and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. Now, I don't mean to be controversial, but my social media break made me consider carefully what I wanted to share online, and already it's ruffled some feathers, and I wanted to talk about it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So trust me, it's not in my comfort zone to deliberately prod and poke for a reaction. Some might say I'm non-confrontational. Well, I do try to be, but sometimes my facial expressions do the confronting for me as my inner monologue is screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But as you, my most excellent listeners know, I deleted Instagram for the whole of December and I loved it. Surprisingly so. Trust me, nobody was more surprised by how much I enjoyed it than me. I enjoyed not having to post about everything or feeling that I had to post about things. And I enjoyed not getting swept up in the momentum of what other people were up to, which I hadn't realized until I took a break. Took up a lot of time and also just made me feel a bit bad all the time. I didn't enjoy that. So actually, I think I said this last week, but I don't really watch people's stories anymore. And that's a much, much nicer way to use the app as an aside. But as I also explained in the last episode, it made me think seriously about how I wanted to show up online. Now, I've been a magazine beauty editor and writer for over 20 years. And as part of that role, I receive products and I get to go to events hosted by brands. And it's entirely normal to share all of this. It was just sort of an evolution of Instagram. You go to an event, you tag the brand, you take a picture, you tag the PR. Everyone feels like tick, tick, tick. Wow, there's visibility on this. But I'm also a thrifty consumer. I really am. And actually, you'll be seeing more of that on my Instagram. And I considered whether actually... People want to see that. Do you want to see people enjoying um, lovely brand experiences? It just felt like it could be somewhat unfair that I was enjoying these products and experiences from brands, obviously not to any cost to me. Um, But you invest, people watching invest in these brands and these experiences and these products with their own money, their hard-earned money. So I was like, these events are lovely and they're really important for the job, but how do I, you have to go. It's important to go. It's important to be seen. It's how you know about new products. If you don't go, you do fall off mailing lists. But how do I go to them and attend them and make them add value to someone who sees them on my social media? So that's something I'm working on. That's sort of a general sort of an aside. But another layer of this was deciding what I wanted to talk about. So I have already said when I talked about the break that when I joined Instagram, like many people, I just used it to share pictures. And it eventually became part of my job, but probably about three or four years in. And unlike any magazine or newspaper I've worked for, or even this podcast, there's never been a strategy. There's never been an editorial schedule. There's never been a timetable of content. There's never been a content plan of any kind. It's always been fairly off the cuff, just kind of, oh, I've got Instagram open. I'm at this event. Oh, I'll create some stories. Oh, I've got some time today. I will review this product that has been sitting on my desk for a little while and I've used and I really like. It's always been very much like that. And that was something I realized I wanted to change. And so I decided I would use Instagram 
in the main to create videos and posts on the topics people ask me about the most. So that's weight loss and body image, hair loss and alopecia and beauty. And because I love creating it and it does tend to get quite good feedback, (laughs) even though I am no fashion expert, I also want to throw in a sprinkling of fashion. My skims hauls always get a lot of interaction and I really enjoy fashion Although I've just sent a message to Ruth Quilly, for those who are in the know who Ruth Quilly is. She's been on the show many times, um, saying that I really must retire wide leg, je- wide leg jeans because I went through a phase at the end of last year of just buying lots of wide leg jeans. In this, Like if I saw a pair in the sale, I'd be like, they're mine. But I look like long distance Clara from Pigeon Street. And again, that's a very obscure 1980s children's television show reference. But I'm five foot four. So if I wear wide leg jeans, I immediately make myself as wide as I am tall. And it's just the worst decision I could make. But I think it's still a part of me just wants to be cool and I think wide leg low slung jeans are quite cool but they're now house clothes but again very much off on a tangent that is not what I want to talk to you about today and so since the new year I have been much more mindful and considered about my posts they've had a point basically but particularly when it comes to body image and weight loss I have simultaneously received incredibly positive feedback and by positive feedback I the thing that makes me feel very wonderful when I post is somebody saying, this is my experience. Thank you for putting it into words. This has been really helpful. That to me is fantastic. But what comes with that is negative feedback too. But them's the breaks, right? That's the life of someone on social media. I was explaining this to my brother at the weekend who doesn't have any social media. And I was telling him about some of the comments I'd had and the message that I'd received that had been I won't tell you about that one because it was a bit dark. And he just looked at me and went, well, that's, that's just comes with what you do, right? And I thought, yeah, actually, he's absolutely right. It's no, there's, there's no reason to have a big reaction to it. And I think it was Madonna who said that if you polarize people, then you're doing something right. And she's not wrong. If you're getting a reaction, you're getting noticed, I suppose. You just don't want to get noticed and um, hammered for it. But anyway... But this month I have posted two videos specifically about weight loss and body image from my perspective as someone who's weight yo-yoed for 30 years and who felt desperately unhappy with the fact I so desperately wanted to lose weight and maintain weight loss, but my actions meant that that never lasted. I always ended up regaining the weight. That's a very frustrating cycle to be on. And not only does it manifest itself physically in the fact that your weight changes a lot and people notice and you feel it, but also it chips away at your self-worth and your self-esteem. But then I did manage to lose the weight and keep it off. And it was because I shifted my mindset completely. And that's what I'm trying to share with people who might be on the same journey I am, but who are currently stuck and really want to find a way to feel unstuck and want to feel not constantly at odds with themselves over it. Except somebody emailed me to say I was fat phobic and that because I hate myself, I hate other people. And I'm using my hatred of myself to hate fat people. (laughs) And they also commented that I clearly had an eating disorder and was obsessed with my weight, which I don't believe to be the truth. That's a very easy one to dismiss because because I know that's not the truth, but equally, it's still kind of harsh when you read it. And look, it's not nice getting messages like that, but I think it's always useful to interrogate them, albeit briefly, to look at it from their perspective and see if there might be any truth in it, or if you can see how they may have taken that messaging out of what you said, even if it wasn't your intention. You've got to be really careful with this. Usually, if something starts with, I don't mean to offend, then you probably don't have to give it too much time. But if someone sends you a considered email, then it is worth looking at what they're saying and thinking thinking laterally or just thinking objectively about whether they might have a point. Talking about body weight, body image and weight loss is a really controversial subject these days. There's no doubt about it. And it would be naive of me to say there is an anti-fat bias in the world. And it would also be extremely naive of me to say that I was somehow immune to it and wasn't somehow hadn't somehow absorbed some of this anti-fat bias too. 
I grew up as a fat child and then a teenager and then an adult in the era, in the 80s and 90s, in the era of diet clubs, slimming clubs, lean cuisines, uh, zero fat foods, calorie counting and Atkins. And I also started my career in magazine, magazine journalism just as or just before it was just the very cusp of size zero being one of the biggest talking points of the day and people don't remember how harsh that was it was very much like super super skinny bones protruding celebrities on the cover of magazines day in and day out and I have been sitting in front of huge celebrities particularly the ones used to fly over from the states I've been sitting in front of these huge celebrities whilst trying to find out their must-have beauty products, but also at the same time marvelling at the fact that they are so skinny now that their teeth look too big for their face. It was a very odd time, which weirdly has sort of paled into insignificance. Someone's going to do a documentary on it at some point. And a friend of mine was complaining the other day about someone and how fussy they are around food. And she is also in the media. And you don't have to just be in the media to be impacted by this. But I just said, look, she's my age and a lot of us are. We might not even realise it, but we're all a bit messed up about these things. So just like give her a break if she doesn't want to eat your snacks, right? I didn't like myself in a bigger body. I think I've made that plainly clear. But it was I didn't like carrying around the extra three stone in weight. I didn't like how it felt. I didn't like how it looked. I didn't like how hard it was to dress. And it made me feel extremely uncomfortable. So in that sense, I suppose I was fat phobic towards myself. But it was more, honestly, I mean, I've said that very flippantly, more over it was the dissonance between what I wanted because I wanted to lose weight and the fact that I couldn't get there. And that was what was so frustrating and that was what really made me feel terrible. Has that fat phobia, and I'm using it in inverted commas, using the word that someone else used to describe me, has that spilled over into being fat phobic towards others? Well, I sincerely hope not. And if you heard my conversation with Laura Adlington from a couple of weeks ago, I hope you can hear that that certainly isn't my position. But I would be lying if I said that because of my experience, because of the lens through which I look at the world, which is entirely formed by my experiences and what I've been through, There is a part of me that assumes that if someone is in a bigger body that they, like I did, would wish that they were not. And that's what I have to work on. But my experience is not true for everyone. And if you did hear that conversation with Laura, I said how envious I was that her body acceptance about the fact that she has been able to achieve body acceptance and that it doesn't make her live a smaller life or it doesn't get in the way of her enjoying her life, because that was how it was for me. And if anything, that's a piece of the puzzle I still need to work on because just because I have been successful in my weight loss doesn't mean that everything is fixed. There are still those things, those self-worth, those self-esteem issues that I probably do need to uh, investigate and interrogate a little bit more. But the purpose of this bullet point isn't just to tell you I had a narky message sent to me about a post uh, that I where I spoke passionately about something I feel strongly about. It's more about being comfortable saying what you want to say and standing by it when you've said it, while also being open to where you could make improvements. Now, it doesn't sound like a huge leap, but it is in many ways, because what I realised I was doing with Instagram, and also I suppose generally in life, was putting out content I hoped people would like. But there's that saying, you try to please everyone, etc., and you're not going to please anybody or something like that. It's not about making a move towards not pleasing everybody, because I think that would make me a sociopath and my fragile heart and ego couldn't take it. But it isn't but it's about being intentional about with what you're doing, to make a point and to stand by it. And though it might seem like a really small thing to actually say, right, this is a topic I'm going to talk about. This is something I feel passionately about. I'm open to learning, but this is what I've learned. And I think it could be useful for other people. And I'm not going to edit myself. That has been a much bigger step than I realized when I started doing it. And I just immediately credited it to that month of Instagram, but it's much more than that. 
It really is about being comfortable to say something and then stand by it. And funnily enough, I was with a friend yesterday, a very good friend who I've known for a very long time. We met through work. We are colleagues at the same time as also having become very good friends. And we were talking about this. And I said, oh, I'm going to uh, talk about this on bullet points, actually, because I think it's really important not to talk about the the fact that something negative came in, but to talk about the important change in standing by something that I said. And she said, well, do you know what? I nearly sent you a text last night. I nearly sent you a message saying, it's so nice to see you on social media and not you holding back 80% of you because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And that, my friends, my most excellent listeners, my wonderful, wonderful people who tune in and take the time to listen to me every week, that is the feedback I'm taking to heart. So can you relate? Do you hold back? Do you shy away from speaking up about the things that you believe in because you worry about getting shot down? I would be really interested to know. So as soon as this episode goes live, I'm going to pop a link to it in the Facebook group and I'm going to ask that question. So if you hear this, or maybe you you hear this before you see the Facebook post, or maybe you saw the Facebook post before you listen to the episode, let's chat about it because I think it's a really easy thing to fall into. I remember being much younger and being much more naive about naively outspoken in that I would say what I thought <laughs> not and not understand that it might rub people up the wrong way and as a consequence of that over time I just started saying less and I think it's time to start saying more as long as you do it in, a, in the right and intentional way and with the aim of helping people I don't know that's how I feel anyway I wonder if I'm talking about these subjects that are important to me but are there, sub, are there subjects that are important to you that you speak about less And obviously I haven't even talked about the dumpster fire of social media and pylons and trolls and all that sort of stuff, which either seems to amplify negative voices or minimize sensible ones. I don't know, but let's talk about it because I think it's really interesting. But I also think it might be a thing for women and men of my age to have started to say less and to now feel that it's time to say more. And if that's you, let's talk about it in the Facebook group that's everything for bullet points this week thank you for listening thank you for following for commenting on my post and for subscribing and spreading the word i appreciate it hugely i will see you on the next one Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. And what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. 
This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.